Hello, hello. Good morning, good evening, good night, everybody. Hello, Chris. How are you today? I'm great. How are you doing, Luis? I'm doing good. I think I am like, what, six or seven below zero. You must be like plus 25 or something, right? So it's perfect timing, perfect balance between things, right? Yeah. I think that today's talk that we are going to have about multimodal AI is going to, to strike at least 100 Fahrenheit. At with least. our listeners. Yes, I think it's a very <laughs> heated discussion these days. Everybody has its own opinion about what multi-model AI is, how can we use it in our business. So you're in touch with so many businesses around the planet. What, how, how, If you were to define multimodal AI and how to use it, what would you think it is? I think it's actually easier to define multimodal AI than AI itself. So basically, multimodal AI is the AI that takes data and reproduces data in many types and formats. So images generation, voice generation and reading, then analyzing I know, financial data, etc. And why do we say multimodal is be because many people say there is going to be AGI that would be able to do everything. But actually, same like we can do many things with our hands and then legs but we do not walk on hands, that we have legs to walk. That's why there are models for images, there are models for voice, because there are different parts of AI that do better certain tasks. And I think that's what multimodal AI is about. Yeah, no, and, and I think there's very, something very important here, which is some people talk about, you know, why now, right? So wh why we're seeing all this innovation now? And it's a combination of things, right? So now to start with, like, you know, we, we had high-resolution cameras in smartphones for a long time. So the technology is very well known. It's very fast to record, to compress images. So it's, it's a very good moment from the technology perspective. Now, also the compute power of AI models has gone through the roof in the last few years. Also, they still require a lot of compute power, as, as we all know, right? So someone was starting to compare how much power do AI computations from the big uh, AI models versus how much power Bitcoin and mining Bitcoin is is is, is doing, right? Mm -hmm. Still back, mining Bitcoin is using a lot of power. But if you look at how much electric power is used by by uh, CPUs and by AI processing is also going to grow probably faster than Bitcoin at some point because, you know, we have, what, 19 and a half million Bitcoins mined already. Yeah, so 20-ish. Mm -hmm. yeah, 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 close to 20, right? So, but the thing is, multimodal requires a lot of energy, but also there's a lot of compute. So it's like a good moment to start experimenting with it, right? Now, the thing is, yeah. are we yeah. able to have models that kind of combine all of those to provide value? I think it's the point. Yeah, I think if if we take the, the easiest example, so if you take iPhone or Samsung or any other phone nowadays, any phone that you buy in 2024 for more than $500, I mean, doesn't have to be the iPhone Pro or whatever, just the iPhone, just, you know, a phone that is that costs more than $500. You take a picture and the picture would indicate you a text and would highlight a text. And then if you hit, it would translate it. Very easy. So you have optical recognition through AI, of course, and translation, two things that are combined in one app. But you can also try to regenerate similar text or you can transfer this to similar text. Actually, have you seen the, the demo of the newest Samsung 24 uh, version? That's, that's actually good showcase what 
contemporary phones are capable capable of you know simultaneous translation reading what is in the picture you know recognizing plants or animals things like that mm. uh, this you know uh, also if you take a, a, a movie like you have an option to make a slow motion movie in 4k but of course you may have forgotten about it so you can recreate slow motion alike movie by using gen ai producing this frames in between and you can have a feeling a quite accurate feeling that you made a slow motion movie etc etc mm -hmm. so this is a great example i'm of course mostly doing mobile apps in my work in escola so i'm very you know tempted to to talk about examples with mobile phones but this is how i see the future of ai actually being integrated and uh, being part of what we have in our pockets i'm actually looking forward to what apple is going to showcase because uh, usually year or two years after what samsung shows then year or two years later you will see what apple makes with it and usually just they make it slightly better right that's it yep no no so, innovation so, yeah. <laughs> exactly so apple is so good at are improving like the intel the, like the exponential growth after something has come out they are not like innovators in many aspects but at the same time i also think apple could be a big winner in multimodal ai for phones because in and i may be wrong about this but i would like to know your opinion my way of looking at it is for now ai has different areas in which different AIs are very good, right? So you have AIs very good at image recognition, voice recognition, text generation, text summarizing, right? Uh, at some point, starting to do videos. So for true multimodal AI, you would need like a layer of AI that is looking at everything happening below and in order to provide you context, right? So for instance, so the phone can know that you're driving, but that you have a meeting that phone already told you how long you're going to take to the meeting, right? But maybe it can say, hey, you're going to be 10 minutes late. Do you want me to call someone and leave a message for you saying that you're going to be late, right? Just because you have your GPS. Or you're looking at a picture for something or in, in when the picture is taken. So an AI that is integrated in the operating system, that is what's needed, I think, to have truly multimodal because then it can take all of this input, like, you know, Siri or Hey Google or whatever, can take all this input and actually give you an answer as a user that you actually can use to do something with it, right? So I th I'm wondering if Apple being so good at integrating both hardware, software, and the operating system can be a winner here because, you know, the eternal challenge of Samsung and LG and everybody else is that there's so many versions of Android there and so many different types of hardware that at the end of the day is difficult sometimes to have all of these things properly integrated and scale them up right so what, what you're more like you don't know more you know more about mobile than i do what do you think yeah i think you know now samsung and apple are much closer than we perceive it i mean samsung is doing exactly the same they make every new model that is heavily integrated of course they get little less updates that they have but they do go up to the core of android system so it's a, it's a race there is pretty even but the problem is once you get into android once you get to apple of course you have lots of data in your preferences subscriptions in your icloud or google drive and only because of that people do not switch between system that's all it's just you know <laughs> there is wall in between but basically they they do 
those this to the core. But I wanted to ask also to discuss some of the business issue because we focus a lot in our uh, discussions on uh, customer solutions. Uh, but let's talk about you know B two B applications because mm -hmm. I see it as the biggest big thing in 2024 and 25 that actually you know everyone was playing with chat gpt and doing some minor pocs uh, mvps of different products but the big revolution will be once we have call centers that will be truly and effectively taken by ai and i think it is possible big time because now you cannot you can not only recreate chatbots you can recreate voice quite effectively so once you call i know dhl uh, customer support you can speak with robert de niro or you know whoever's voice that you like or you can even would you like to to speak to monica bellucci solving your case and then they pay her royalties this case is already solved i i've heard that they settled the the, the agreement with the with the artist and then what is really great, and I'm working on this project at this very moment with, with my team of researchers to recognize emotions basi based on, on voice. Mm -hmm. So you can hear the frustrated client and you can use different techniques of persuasion to, to settle down the case, depending what are the emotions, what are, what is the history of, of the talks? That's, that's one of the things that I'm expecting that in next five years, the huge call centers mm -hmm. are going to be less of a human issue. They're going to be more of a bot issue. What do you think? Yes, I think it's a natural evolution of how call centers are, right? So, so many companies have the voice portals, right? So you press one for this, press two for this, press three for this, right? So you have to listen to that. That's, totally That's so boring. That's <laughs> terrible, right? You have the bots in the web. In Some companies are uh, changing from text bots to AI-based text bots, right? So that's getting a little bit better. Um, so from that perspective, just adding voice and someone you can talk to, is, I think it's a lateral next step. Um, I've seen some technologies, nobody's there for now. I think it's gonna take at least maybe one or two years still, basically because uh, two things, right? One is compute power. It takes a lot of compute to do real-time voice recognition. So the models, what the models I've seen for now, it's, you know, there's demos out there that look like real-time interaction, but actually they are glitchy. They create silence when they're listening to, mm -hmm. because they are processing everything that the customer is saying, yeah. of course, right? And then you have all the accents of people, people from different type of languages, so which is one of the big advantages, but also takes a lot of compute power. So we're going to yes. get there. It will take six months. It will take a couple mm -hmm. of years. That's absolutely coming. Uh, I, I never considered it uh, that the, the, the sheer computing power that is needed might be more expensive than hire a person in India or Costa Rica to do that. And I, I never thought because it's this exactly the same with, you know, self scanning, uh, that sometimes it's just cheaper to have a person sitting there than making a big computer. But eventually the computers are becoming less expensive and people are, are becoming more expensive. That's why we have this shift toward robotics. Yeah, well, yeah, that's yeah, that's the eternal promise of uh, of automation, right? Since since the Lord, it's back in the in the seventeenth, eighteenth century, right? But the, I think that, that one of the challenges is definitely speed. That we'll we'll definitely get there as models get more advanced, 
And uh, and the other thing is whether this this ability this um, I, I like what you're saying about image recognition. So in B Combinator, for instance, we have a company that recognizes emotions based on facial expression, right? So that can be they they use it for instance for marketing for focus groups for doing UX. Um, UX UI kind of uh, expertise, right? <laughs> now, same technology differently can be applied to voice, as you're saying. So I think that's going to be interesting to see how that is uh, developed because at the end of the day, the motion complements what you're saying. So if you can combine both the facial expression, the voice, and the context, that can give you a very good way to satisfy the customer even better. Now, now that's the heart of multimodal AI, right? Exactly. To combine different sources of the data. Exactly. Now. Maybe we don't want to get there, but I just want to mention that you know the European Union is is precisely emotion recognition is one of the things that they're saying needs to be explicitly regulated and declared to the customer a number of things. So yeah. we we will need to look into how privacy plays a role into all of this at some point. Yeah, but you know it's Europe. It's <laughs> European. I can say not much innovation except of you know better GDPR and. Restrictions, yes. creations, that's what we do. Yeah. I mean, there are some good companies. Today, there was a news that 11 Labs, which is probably the best tool to uh, create voices with AI, Polish team, just a couple of dozens of engineers. That's it. They, they became a unicorn officially today. So I'm oh, really nice. proud uh, about this. A couple of my friends were luckier than me and they invested in the pre-seed or pre-pre-seed round but whatever i'm not jealous <laughs> not at all no good so, for them good, good luck for them. to you good good, good for them yeah. yeah and good for the country and good for the <laughs> reputation of polish engineers so. uh right so yeah. the the other thing i i see for multimodal is that do you do you truly believe that at some point in, in spite of what we have today in Facebook, they, they try to profile you and suggest the best picks for you. They could truly make a, a, a marketing creation that is truly personalized for Louis Cordes, for, for this particular user. So you would see another Porsche because you like red Porsches than Chris. Well, in case of Chris, they would show me a Volkswagen Passat or a Golf, but they would show you a red Porsche instead of the normal commercials there, green, golden, whatever. Do you think it, it is possible? No, I, th I think it's totally possible. We have been tracked for years, as you were fast, as you know, in e-commerce, in the internet, right, with so many profiling. The, the, the amount of information available about each person is just staggering. Now, what I think is one thing is to try to forecast what the person will want in a specific moment based on criteria, behavior, context, whatever. The other thing is real time, right? So for example, uh, you go to, there's different sites in which depending on what you're seeing, so Instagram, right? There's some posts that will be able to sell you, hey, you want to buy this jacket that this model is wearing, click here, this type of thing, right? The moment that AI is more embedded into the OS, into the o operating system in mobile, I think that's going to just skyrocket because the moment AI can interact with the content you're actually seeing and doing, it's like, you know, Google, for instance, in Google chat for a long time has been summarizing the chats or giving you suggestions, right? Now imagine that you're reading a book in your iPhone or you're watching a movie in your iPhone, right? And then you have like a little corner or something that is saying you here, hey, if you want to buy this jacket, press here. Or if you want to buy, uh, I don't know, 
for instance, you're looking at this movie from Paris, right? And there's a scene in Paris. Oh, you want to book uh, this restaurant for tonight? Click here, right? So I think the real timeliness of recommending products in this case based on what the user is doing, right? Which is not just your regular internet interaction, but actually getting into the content that you're seeing because the AI is at the operating system. Definitely, there's, we can talk about privacy, we can talk about how intrusive that can be, right? But that's the type of service that as models get more and more powerful and get more embedded, they will be actually able to identify what you're doing and provide you recommendations, not only to buy things, but actually to do things, or even as you were saying before, in your own uh, in your own business. I <laughs> yeah. totally see that. I, I have been actually talking last week on the other podcast with uh, Chris Ryder, of brand 24 it's the sentiment analysis tool and he gave me lots of insights on how they actually already know what is what's been spoken on the brand let's say your uh, red hat so basically they can track live what people speak on twitter facebook and other any even in spotify what they what they talk and they <laughs> and they used to ask him like how do you do that uh, and he said that in the past times, of course, they would mark a word like a negative or positive. They, they of course, had some words that would be quite difficult, like, oh, this is awesome. That would be terrible. And they would mark every single word and having thousands of words, they would know what is positive and negative. But nowadays, they, they are using purely AI for this sentiment analysis to mark whether it's positive or <laughs> negative because the new words come up every single day. <laughs> and, and sometimes people would say something that it seems to be negative, but in fact is very positive. I don't want to use the F word, but it may mean very positive and very negative things depending on the context. And, uh, and language models are pretty good at detecting what is the, con <laughs> the actually thing uh, that clients say about, about this particular brand. So I found this quite amazing and that's definitely the future of reacting also to certain trends because I think that was the magic about social media is you cannot predict the trend. Some of the things that sometimes come up, no one would ever expect them to come up because they're, they're so, so not meaningful, but people do talk about them because, and that's how they become meaningful. Some other more important topics, they are left behind. <laughs> yeah, yeah and, and the thing is, uh, I think the current models still need to be, so there, there has to be a lot of reinforcement learning for many of these models, because every time something comes up, a new thing, you need to retrain the model so they know what this new trend is about, what this new word means, right? So, so many uh, examples out there, right? So the thing is, I think multimodal AI can help a lot there, because at the end of the day, it's all about context. So the context in which you're using a specific word it actually determines how you're going to how that word is going to impact in whether we're talking, right? So the F word can be positive or negative. And the same example happens a lot of times, right? So for a human, we have all that embedded. The model needs to learn about it. And there's different ways in which they can they can do that, of course. But 
providing that context is still, ex I think, an exclusively human activity, which is going to be part of what we as humans continue to do with these models. Because at the end of the day, there's an orientation, there's a strategy, there's a goal that the, the systems have to pursue that they don't have by themselves, right? So one of the things in the singularity is going to be not only the awareness, the consciousness, but also whether the system has a goal, which, you know, our essential goal is to survive, right? So you need, you need the humans still to provide that meaning to an AI system so they actually pursue kind of the right things. So that's why multimodal, I think, still needs to get a lot of influence, a lot of reinforced learning, because there's so many new inputs, right? And you know, for now, we're just talking about text, audio, and video, right? But with time, so many other things will come in, right? So like motion, movement, smell, um, things like um, texture, Right, so there's so many other, every physical attribute can be part of a multimodal AI. So you were talking about B2B applications, for instance, right? So, you know, imagine them, that there's so many things that at some point uh, the value is going to be enormous. Yeah, smile and texture would be extremely difficult as I'm thinking about it. Yeah, motion. Do you remember there is this motion capture suits that oh, they're yes. using a lot in, in Hollywood? Mm -hmm. So, now there are lots of startups that you can actually do it without the suit, which is not cheap. I mean, to use the suit, you can actually read our body through cameras. Once you create, recreate, like in Escola, we recreated this avatar on one famous professor and we used 160, I think 8K or 4K cameras to just make lots of videos and how you create a 3D avatar. Same thing like you you could have... Uh, seen or listen in Lex Friedman's podcast with with uh, Mark Zuckerberg mm -hmm. that the first podcast in metaverse so we kind of recreated this scene and it's quite possible I mean that just of course that the, the computing power you need to process you know 160 cameras times 4k but it gives you pretty nice 3d model that you can use and the, the ultimate aim was to have more of this professor answering questions and mm. that was great example of multimodal ai for education because we trained the model with the text of him we trained the image and we trained the voice with you know his voice and you could basically talk about economy about you know this guy was from pwc with uh, chief pwc economist so mm -hmm. it was pretty cool project actually I hope it will be live soon so we can tell more about it. Uh, but I was thinking also about automotive. I just finished this biography of Elon Musk, the, the newest one by Walter Isaacson. Have you have you read it? I have it on my bucket list. It's it's great. It's probably or the best or second best biography that I've ever read. The the best or second best another would be the shoe dog of the founder of Nike. So definitely it's, it's worth reading. It's how the, 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 the Walter Isaacson is a true, true, great journalist, author. Uh, so basically there was a, a piece when Elon really wanted that cars do not use LiDAR scanner. So the, so they basically use only raw data from the cameras because he wanted to them the cars to be like humans and we do not have lidar scanner which most of the engineers found ridiculous i mean the technology is there 
it's really super safe it's very stable but for some reason elon thought it needs to recreate how the human perceived driving uh, so for some time he allowed this the lidar to be used for safety reasons but I'm not sure at the end whether he withdrew it from the newest Tesla or yep. he persists. He he withdrew them eventually. Yes. Yeah, I, I, I know for a fact they have a, a Model 3. So my Model 3 is the first generation that doesn't have a physical radar. And, yeah. and that's quite absurd. I find it quite absurd. Yeah, totally. But it, it's, it's also a compliment for this computer rec vision recognition that these cameras have. Yes, no, totally. And I find it... You know, in the short distance, laser is way more safe than vision. In the long distance, it's the opposite because radar just has a limitation of resolution, but vision is very good, right? So, and, and you know, cars really are about the distance space around you. So it's perfectly, perfectly, perfectly designed for, for a radar, lighter, whatever. So from that perspective, I 100% agree with you. So it makes the car way more safe if it has a radar, even if it's less human. So I think... You know, we need to be able to complement human capabilities with technology when need be. And if we can make a safer world in that way, we should absolutely do it. So from this perspective, yes, I think cars should have radars that will make them way more secure. And um, and then the other thing about uh, multimodal is that the closer we get to B2B, you know, we're talking radar here, right? So radar requires sensors course so there's so many things in b2b that has to do with physics we're talking you know speed uh texture smell so that's all hardware sensors right so more and more i think we're gonna have better sensors that stream real data but in 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 real time that that data is going to be able to be captured by the model act upon that model identify imagine like a manufacturing plant for instance which, which is not just looking at the, normally what you do is like you establish thresholds so when something is above you or something then you do you react right but the combination of those sensors when ai is able to actually capture all of those and make decisions or recommendations based on everything that's going on i think that's going to be like the next level in which ai is going to be helping b2b processes like you know logistics or manufacturing for instance i was very recently looking at a demo there's this company here in boston that has a robot that is able to pack and unpack intelligently a, a truck right so basically you put a bunch of boxes out there the thing is able to look at the boxes, figure out the best way to put them inside the truck, take the boxes one by one, right? And then just put them inside the truck until it's perfectly closed. Okay? So it's just, you know, it's solving the optimization problem. It's solving the effort problem because a robot does it instead of the human. It's 100% safe. Nobody gets hurt. You're not going to have like back pain or anything, right? So it's doing a lot of things. And again, it's a combination of space, weight, volume, speed, all of those things into a model that is able to kind of, it's completely multi-model and side, of course, right? Because it has a real-time camera, et cetera, right? So that's, I think that's a great example of multi-model applied to, to B2B. Well, that's amazing. Do, do you see any more, uh, you know, applications of multimodal that we're going to see in the next year? I don't know. To, to yeah, I'm pretty, yeah, I'm, yeah, I'm to, pretty sure. Uh, mm -hmm. So, for instance, in healthcare, mm -hmm. there's going to be a lot of this because mm -hmm. I think part of what's what we're going to see is 
we have, uh, I worked in healthcare many years ago and I have a lot mm -hmm. of friends in there. Um, in healthcare, everything is, and, and in many aspects, but in healthcare specifically, everything is about sensors, right? Mm. So you have something, someone on a UC, UCI, right? So you have oxygen sensor, heart monitoring, you have, you have glucose, you can have so many temperature, of course, et cetera, et cetera, right? So you can measure so many things, but those different things, each of them is a thread that goes to a dial and you establish a threshold and then something happens. Right, and then an alert, an alert goes out, but then there's a human interaction. Right now, there's processes, for instance, like sepsis, in which you know there's widespread infection in the body. That yeah. there's different. So when you are actually monitoring different uh, different uh, parameters in the blood, you can. There's there's a friend of mine did a PhD on this. You can identify when a uh, a patient is prone to sepsis, and therefore act before because sepsis the moment it happens it just you have very little time to react to the person basically dies right so you have models that try to approach that the moment ai is going to be able to foresee that in addition to the statistical model i think we're going to see a change in so many aspects in healthcare yeah or predicting whoever i was thinking because we had just a storm yesterday here oh, yes. in, in tenerife and I mean, whoever should be so much a thing that you can predict with AI models because there's lots of lots of historical data. And I saw some mm -hmm. uh, some good work with DeepMind from Google that mm -hmm. they are actually predicting it much better than classical models, and mm -hmm. it will be eventually quite a good way to to do this. Yes, no, <laughs> absolutely. Yep. I think I think the last one that I'm really excited about, and I've seen it quite a lot in the i think it was at the recent recent uh, ces uh it, it, it was about accessibility you know i've seen people really on the uh, watching some of the youtubers that people with parkinson disease they were using some kind of glove some device mm -hmm. that would emulate them you know being much more stable physically speaking in a much more natural voice so that is going to be a breakthrough. I mean, for people who are blind, you, you, we think about this, you know, Ray-Ban glasses from Meta as a gadget. But for people who are blind, yeah. I mean, that is a breakthrough. Totally. Well, there's a company out there called, uh, I think it's called Be My Eyes or something, that actually uh -huh. has uh, speech recognition on what the patient is seeing, which is, very, you know, it's very simple now but they have been in the market for like a couple of years right so back then it was like science fiction now you can do it with your phone right but the thing is for someone that has like limited vision that you have a system that permanently is telling you you know take a snapshot describe what you are etc that's a huge help and that's now a commodity for llm models for you know open ai being etc right so that was science fiction two years ago. Now it's totally a commodity. Imagine what's going to happen like two, three, four, five years from now. So there's going to be access, I think, accessibility and reducing the limitations of the physical world for a lot of people. You know, think about things like uh, exoskeletons. So I was just saying there's a, there's a company, Ellie Space or Ellie Space, I forget the name now. I will put it in the notes that they have designed. Uh, it's fascinating. It's And because it's so simple, right? It's like uh, it's a belt. You put a belt on your waist and then it has two straps one on every thigh okay and then a battery in a series of motors and then you can and basically the thing is it multiplies your strength by the factor of two to eight so you can run faster you can lift a weight that is more than you have it is helping your your legs 
move. So even if you don't have any disability, it will just help you walk faster or get less tired when you're walking long distance. Now imagine what it can do for people with disabilities with you know weak legs or whatever. And, and this is like, I mean, $600 device. It's not like 60,000, like so many devices, medical devices, right? So, I mean, 6,000 to 600, still a little bit of money, but it's totally affordable by so many people that just can need a little bit of strength, right? And it's obviously it balances AI, no, et cetera, right? So this thing, the innovation here is just endless. It's amazing. It's amazing. I wish Elon Musk, in spite, instead of doing this Twitter think would take care of yeah <laughs> devices like this <laughs> oh Luis, thank you so much for sharing your thoughts on multimodal ai it's been amazing half an hour to speak with you about no this. chris I, l- I learned so much from you today it was so much fun and i'm looking forward to the next episode